Think of a time that you've been really, really upset and angry. I'm sure you can think of one because you are a sinner like me and sinners get angry, usually for very silly reasons. In the moment, we feel like we're right. But when we really take a closer look at why we're angry, we realize that we're in the wrong and we don't do well to be angry most of the time. We're going to see that in the book of Jonah. And the beautiful thing about God's word is that it serves as like a mirror to help us see our own hearts and to help us be aware of what's really going on with our feelings and our thoughts. And we can get them lined up with God's feelings and his thoughts. I'm so glad that you've joined me today on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's word. today we're going to read chapter 4 of the book of Jonah and finish up that story. Let's talk about a little bit of context before we dive in. Just by way of reviewing, um, you're probably familiar with the story of Jonah, but we've seen some big themes emerge in the book of Jonah. One is the theme of God's compassion. We've seen God's compassion towards the sailors, God's compassion towards Jonah when he was in the belly of the fish, And most of all, we've seen God's compassion towards the people of Nineveh. He sent this message, 40 days and you'll be overturned. But when God saw their repentance, he relented of the disaster he had planned. So he didn't destroy the city. He was compassionate towards the people of Nineveh. And remember that Nineveh is the capital city of Assyria. So these were God's people's enemies. um, And they were very wicked. So... Um, God was compassionate towards them. We also have seen in the book of Jonah some pointers towards Jesus, some similarities between Jonah and Jesus. But what we see is that Jonah isn't um, a lot like Jesus in his behavior, um, but the stories are kind of parallel. So we see some contrasts, some differences between Jonah and Jesus. One is um, when Jonah is in the ship in the hull of the ship he's sleeping and there's a big storm and the sailors wake him up there's a big storm we're perishing what's going on you know and we also see this a very similar story with Jesus he's in the hull of a boat um, sleeping and there's a big storm and his disciples wake him up don't you know we're perishing now we see the big difference between Jonah who's running away from God and being disobedient and he wakes up and tells the sailors well throw me overboard you know sacrifice me for this sin that I've done and then the storm will be stilled and we see Jesus um, in he is perfectly obedient and he wakes up and he's also God so he wakes up and he says peace be still and one similarity there is both of them in a way are able to calm the storm because of their sacrifice um, Jesus's sacrifice is later on in his life he dies for our sins Um, But Jonah is being sacrificed for his own sin. He's being thrown overboard because of of his sin. Punish me and then you'll be saved from this storm, basically. We also see a a lot of parallels between this fish and the tomb. So Jesus was buried in a tomb for three days and then came up from the grave. And 
Jonah was in a way buried in the depths of the sea in the belly of this fish for three days. And then he came up out of the fish. The fish vomited him up. And we're going to see one more of those in our reading today. And the last theme I think we see in the book of Jonah is just how personal and near God is to Jonah. Um, even when Jonah is trying to run away from God, he cannot. God is omnipresent. That means God is all present. There's nowhere that Jonah can flee. Even when he is under the water inside this fish, God can still hear him. God still knows where he is and is sovereign over him. And that's a great comfort to us because God is the same towards us. He can see us and hear us. And there's nowhere that we can flee from his presence. And that might feel like if you want to flee from his presence, it's not good news for you. But it is good news because uh, we don't want to flee from God's presence. And um, it's a great comfort that even when we are in danger, we can call out to the Lord and he will hear us. Okay, before we get reading, there's just two things I want to talk about. One is Jonah is going to build a booth. And you might think, well, what, what, what is he building? Like, a, what's a booth? It was kind of a shelter built out of twigs and sticks. So kind of like a tent that you could make if you didn't have a lot of fabric. And the Israelites do make booths. In fact, they have, um, sometimes it's called the Feast of Tabernacles, but sometimes it's called the Feast of Booths. There was a big celebration where they basically go out and live in these shelters for about a week. And Jonah's going to build a booth. Um, he, in this area, there probably weren't a lot of sticks and twigs, so his booth was probably a little bit inadequate to actually shelter him and shade him from the sun. We're also going to hear Jonah quote from the Old Testament. And Jonah's likely combining a few different passages, a few different verses from the Old Testament, but one that I think is a good summary of it is in Exodus chapter 34. Um, This is when God was speaking to Moses, making the tablets of stone that had the Ten Commandments on them. And in verse 6, it says, the Lord passed before him, that's Moses, and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So this is a good summary of God's character. Who is God? He is the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And Jonah is going to point that out. All right, let's dive in and read. So we are in Jonah chapter four. So Jonah is one of the minor prophets. It's one of the last books in the Old Testament. We have Joel Amos, Obadiah, and then Jonah. So turn there and then find chapter 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relenting from disaster. Therefore, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. 
Now the Lord appointed a plant, and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shade over his head, to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant, so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah, so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die, and said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, Yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, You pity the plant, for which you did not labor, nor you did not make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than a hundred twenty thousand persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle. Well, so we have this interesting conversation now between God and Jonah at the end of the story. And I think we really need to look closely at this because I think it will help us um, to look closely at our own hearts and understand our own perspective on things too. So let's take a peek. We have Jonah who is so angry, so angry that he asked the Lord to take his life. Um, and then in twice, he says, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. So Jonah is very, very angry. Why? Why is he so upset? And he says, because I knew that you are gracious God and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. So that's the reason that Jonah gives for being angry, which, you know, sometimes we read that and it might think, that makes no sense. Why are you angry that God is compassionate? But then I think it's important to remember, who are these people of Nineveh? From Jonah's point of view, these are his enemies. These are wicked people that he probably thought they deserved to be destroyed. But God is God is compassionate towards them, and he relents from his disaster. And Jonah is furious about it. And then he's also angry about this plant that he didn't plant, but the plant came up and it shaded him. And then it is destroyed by this worm. And Jonah is very, very angry about this. Okay? Now let's contrast that with, let's contrast Jonah's attitude with God's attitude. What is God saying here? So we see God's perspective in verse 10. It says, And the Lord said, so God is speaking to Jonah here, and he talks about how, Jonah, you pity this plant. You didn't, you didn't work for it. You didn't make it grow. You didn't water it. You didn't do anything for it. And you feel sorry and angry about this plant. And then he compares that to his own feelings about Nineveh. God, the Lord says to Jonah, Should not I pity Nineveh? that great city. So think about who made the people of Nineveh, who made that city, who created it, who created the cattle and the sheep there and the people. It was God. And so the creator of the universe is saying, should I not pity my own creation, my people? And there are two times here that God asks Jonah. In verse four, he says, do you do well to be angry? And then again in verse 9, God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And I think that that repeated question is, is supposed to really cause us to pay attention. 
Do you think Jonah does well to be angry? Does he have a right to be angry? I think we can understand Jonah's anger because I think we have that same anger. When something is, it doesn't seem fair or just, um, when someone is compassionate to someone and we think they deserve to be punished, we can get angry about it. it happens in families all the time. If your parents are forgiving to one of your siblings and you thought they should be punished, you can be angry about it. It's the same as Jonah. Um, and we want, we want the worst for our enemies. But God is compassionate and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and mercy. And he created them and he cares deeply about his creation. And so we do not do well to be angry when we see that God is a forgiving and gracious and compassionate God. Okay, one more thing I want to point out on here. You see Jonah go out onto this hill and he looks down at the city of Nineveh. And his feeling is anger. <laughs> He's, he wishes the city would be destroyed, right? Jesus did something very similar. So let's go take a look at it. So this is in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. We've actually already read this on our podcast, but we'll go back to it. Um, so this is about Jesus. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So think about the difference here between Jesus is looking out at the people, the crowds of people around him. And unlike Jonah seeing these are my enemies and I want the worst for them. What is Jesus' response to these crowds? He is, has compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You know, it's possible that some of the people in that very same crowd were the ones who later would crucify him, would yell, crucify him, crucify him. Um, so Jesus is compassionate towards the people. And we want to be, we want to be like that. <laughs> we don't want to be like Jonah. Um, I do think the book of Jonah causes us to look at ourselves. And when we are angry, we should um, remember that question from the Lord. Do you do well to be angry? Um, and ask ourselves, do we have a right to be angry here? It's um, a good lesson from the book of Jonah. All right, let's look at, we have a new memory verse for this week. This is from Psalm 37. And over the next couple weeks, we're actually going to memorize a few verses from it. We're going to work on verses 3 and 4 this week. So verse 3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Okay, and what's really interesting is the verses right before this are so applicable to what we just read in the book of Jonah. So I'm we were going to work on memorizing verses 3 and 4, but I want to memorize the verses 1 and 2 to you as well. So I'll read that whole part real quick. It says, Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart.
I'm so glad that you've joined me today on Audacious Arrows. I've enjoyed reading the book of Jonah and learning so much from it. Every time I read the Bible, I learn more and more about our good and gracious God. And next time, we'll jump back into the book of Matthew, and we're going to see Jesus talk about the book of Jonah. So it'll be great because we just read it. All right, we'll see you next time.